Hey, everybody. He's Bo. I'm Luke. She's Daisy. Hold on. I'm Roscoe P. Coltrane. He's Boss Hog, and she's Lulu Hog. No, wait. This isn't the Dukes of Hazardous Vikings report with Drew and Ted. Drewster, how are you? <laughs> Roscoe Coltrane, <laughs> light it up. Light the candle. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. <laughs> we usually lead in with little vocals. I didn't. I don't know. I'll leave it up to you. Really? I don't know. I didn't know how the song went at all. But uh, now that I've you don't know the theme to Dukes of Hazard? No, I mean it's something about a country boy and a country guy hitting down the country road. Isn't that how just, it goes? Just some good old boys, never meaning no harm. Now, okay, now we're going. Beats all you ever saw been a running from the law since the day they were born. Yeah! Hey! Okay. There we go! Now, now, yeah! <laughs> oh, we got that tape. That is going front and center on the show, bro. No, it's not. I, Excellent job, no. Ted. That, was, right. that You know, it does bring back memories. Now I remember. Episode 24. Toontzis, how are you doing this evening? Whoa, is this thing? <laughs> Dude, sorry about that. <laughs> Jeez, man. Here we go. Oh, Toontzis. Back to the drawing board. I am doing good. And I just want to poll all the ladies out there and see who's a, in the bow camp and who's in the Luke camp. <laughs> I am in the bow camp. And for the guys out there, I don't think we need to have a poll between Daisy Duke and Lulu Hogg. Lulu Hogg, very nice person, I'm sure, but Daisy Duke set a fashion trend that carries on to this uh, very day. May not need a pole, but I'd like to see her dancing on one. Hey, hey, so, hey! What did you just say? This is a family right. show. Oh, man, Duke's a hazard. Duke's a hazard. How many episodes do you think for that, Ted? See, they, they continue. After, like, both the original Bo and Luke Duke, they brought in like a couple chucklehead impersonators and it ran for a few more seasons. I'm going to go 80, 80 episodes, 147 episodes. Really? Which when you come to think about it, how many episodes can you make about running moonshine? I mean, wasn't, it, wasn't every episode about running moonshine? And it says, well, he should be. He learned from his daddy and his daddy ran moonshine right alongside your daddy and mine. It was all pretty much the same plot every week. <laughs> so, so boss hog, Tells Roscoe to arrest Bo and Luke Duke. Catherine Bach runs around in her Daisy Dukes. And then there's like apparently 275,000 square miles of back roads in Hazard County that the Duke boys know by heart. But the rest of the people who live there their whole life know nothing about. Look <laughs> that ever famous 1969 Dodge Charger. Yeah. Dodge Kinda, Charger, Catherine Bach in those shorts. You have your Friday night Dukes of Hazard. CBS, I believe it was, wasn't it? Based on the 1975 film Moonrunners, which starred Robert Mitchum and the guy who sang it, uh, the country guy, Waylon. Waylon Jennings was in that movie? He was in that movie. He played the bartender. But that's the idea they got it from. I didn't watch a lot of the episodes of that, Ted. I'm not a big Dukes of Hazard aficionado. But I did like the show, and apparently it did pretty good because merchandising in 1981 cleared $191 million for merchandising. 
from that it, show. It was a popular show. I mean, like like Tunes has said, Bo and Luke Duke were, you know, kind of the tiger beat teenage heartthrob guys for a while. And and every guy I know, myself included, loved, loved Daisy Duke. She was quite the, the head turner, wasn't she? Miss Catherine well, Bach. Her look was so iconic. The, the those short cutoff jeans are still called Daisy Dukes to this day. They are, aren't they, Ted? Yeah, they are. I hope to God you don't own any of them. I, I own several, and that's but that's really none of your business. <laughs> right, right next to your tough skin, the purple <laughs> one. Maybe I have tough tough skin Daisy Dukes. That I can go low, dude. There was a matter. Speaking of the General Lee, the car, the '69 mm -hmm. Dodge Charger. That thing averaged 35,000 pieces of fan mail a week. Just the car. Just the car. Didn't they have like nine or ten cars? Because, I mean, they got beat up with all the stunt driving. And, and it was, if you if you liked, you know, driving and stunts and, and fast cars, that was, I kind of ask why a lot of people watch the show. The plots were stupid. I mean, let's just put that out there. The weekly plots were kind of dumb. Right. We, we right. Tuned in, we tuned in for Catherine Bach and car chases. This, that, what? That's, that's it. <laughs> That's all that needs to be said about that show. That was like maybe like the Fast and Furious before it became Fast and Furious or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of stars on that show when I looked into it, Ted. Cale Yarborough, one of the great NASCAR racers. Roy Orbison. Richard Mull, who played Bull on Night Court. Stephanie Kramer, the beautiful Stephanie Kramer. Loretta Lynn. Ben Davidson. And my buddy Tooze. My buddy John Matusak. Really? Um, he was on there a couple episodes. So they had a lot. They had over 100 guest stars on that show. It was a really popular show. Yeah, it, it really was. And it was, you know, it was corny. It was campy, but it was fun, harmless television. Fun, harmless television, just like the show. And it was unscripted and it was unprepared, just like our show. Just like us. I can guarantee you, folks watching, we are never going to prepare for a show. <laughs> I got one little tasty tidbit oh. about Bo. Uh, right. Schneider, the guy that played uh -huh. Bo. Yes. And then okay. Tom Wop Wopat played Luke. Right. Dennis Quaid was going to be Bo Duke. He's the one that got selected by the producers early on. And Dennis Quaid insisted that his wife, PJ Souls, play the role of Daisy Duke. No kidding. And I don't know. I've never seen PJ Souls, but I've seen Catherine Bach. So they said, no, we got Catherine Bach in mind. He stormed off and said, I'm not doing it then. So nothing against PJ Souls. But but I don't know if Daisy Dukes would have become the thing with anybody other than Catherine Bach back in the day. No. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against PJ Souls, but Bach had back, Bear. Uh, so Dukes of Hazards are a show tribute. That was uh, a request uh, by one of our listeners, Nick Howard. So, Nick, we'll try and keep uh, doing viewer requests. If you have a show request, let us know in the comments. We'll, we'll write it down and we'll get to it. may not be right away. I think we still have a few we got to go through, but we will eventually get to it. So, Speaking of requests, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing, uh, following us on, on YouTube and on uh, podcasts or however you watch or listen to the show. I really appreciate it. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the subscribe button. That's what I want out of you folks today. I don't ask right. for much. Drew doesn't ask for much. Our jersey. So once we put a record a show and, and get it added, Drew and I and, and Tunes just start talking about the next show. And we kind of got off on the theme with the number episode being the jersey number that we look for. And, and Drew and I quickly discovered uh, that after Robert Griffith, there, there's not a lot of stellar players <laughs> for the number 24 for the Minnesota Vikings. It was uh, cupboards are kind of bare there, Ted Glover. So, Drew, what was the what was the fantastic idea you came up with to get to this week's player? 
Well, I was thinking since it is Saturday, uh, as of today, we are 71 days away from kickoff in Cincinnati of the regular season of the Minnesota Vikings. So being 71 days away, you can really only put 171 in there. And it became clear cut when we went, decided to go with number 71 tonight. And who is it, Ted? Big Dave Dixon, one of the the stalwarts of that great late 90s, early 2000s teams under Denny Green and and just one of the best offensive lines in team history. Absolutely. Absolutely correct. Yeah, I'll put it this way. I'll start out with the David Dixon, the position of guard for the Minnesota Vikings, only one person, only one player played more games at guard than David Dixon. Um, I, off the top of my head, I want to say Ed White, but I know he got traded halfway through his career. Randall McDaniel. Oh, duh. Randall McDaniel. 190 starts for Randall McDaniel, uh, 152 for uh, David Dixon. And what a start for a career he had. I mean, it didn't look like it was going to pan out all that well. He was actually a ninth round pick by the New England Patriots in 1992. He flopped around on their practice squad and then the Cowboys practice squad and then the Vikings practice squad. And his first real season in the NFL was 1994. His first, like, really a roster year for the Vikings was 1994. And I tell you, it took off from there, Ted. Then he played, what, 11 years? From from 1998 to 2004, in those seven seasons, David Dixon played in 110 of 112 possible regular season games. Man, that's an impressive number. That. Is there a word beyond impressive? How about new? <laughs> so, and if you remember back to those lines, and, and you had, what, left to right, you had Todd Stussy, Randall McDaniel, Jeff Christie, for the most part, and then Matt Burke, and then Dave Dixon, and then Corey Stringer. Mm-hmm. Dixon was kind of the the guy that was kind of thought of as the fifth out of five in terms right. of, of overall talent. But when you look back at his play, I don't know that there was a guy – that worked harder from the snap of the ball to the final whistle. And he, the dude was just a mauler. He, he didn't have a lot of great techniques. He didn't wow you with physical, natural ability. He was just a big, massive dude who moved people. Mauler. That is a great word to describe David Dixon. He was just, just as equally as good in the run game and the pass game. One of those guys that really didn't have any deficiencies on the line, so to speak. But yeah, and in terms of that offensive line, he played with well when he started, John Garrick was there for two years when he got to minute when he got over there in Minnesota. So he had to sit behind him. But Garrick was nothing special. And then he took over in '94, like I said. And on that right side, it was him and Corey Stringer until 2000 when Corey passed away, tragically. And then after those years between 2000 and 2004, there was a different right tackle, it seemed, every year. They had yeah. Lewinsky and uh, Orbin Lucina. Yeah, and Mike Rosenthal, Mike Rosenthal yeah, and Matt Dorsey. <laughs> but David Dixon never moved. He was there until, you know, the injuries kind of drove him out of the game. But you never had to worry about David Dixon doing anything stupid. Oh, and, you know, it's kind of in vogue today to say guards don't matter. Well, I'll tell you what, when you look at how bad the Vikings guard play has been, since Steve Hutchinson left, I would take a guy like David Dixon back in a New York minute. Mauler is a perfect word. I can't think of a better word, and I'm not speaking inauspicious to you. <laughs> well, you seem very gruntled with that word. So I love being so gruntled. Don't keep using it. 
I love being gruntled, man. God, we could pay a little tribute to David Dixon. You know, just did his, another guy, just did his job. Lunch pail guy, never complained. Got it done. I wish he could have played even a little bit longer because he was the guy you never had to worry about. He never got hurt. Didn't seem like he had a lot of penalties either, Ted. No, he was just a, a solid guy you could depend on to do his job week in and week out. And you pencil him at right guard, and then that position was taken care of. You, That was it. Put him in a week one preseason training camp and, and just figure out everything else because Dixon's going to be there. Born in New Zealand, Ted. Was he really? Yeah, his daughter, Tori, played in the U.S. Women's National Volleyball Team. She's like a... She's a volleyball star, his daughter. So good for give her. her a little shout out. We like to give all the Dixons shout out tonight. All right. So David Dixon, uh, our our player tribute for this evening. A pretty good start, I think, with the with with the Dukes of Hazard uh, and David Dixon and Catherine Bach. Oh, Catherine Bach. Yeah. Did we, did we yeah. mention her yet? We did once or twice. Oh, okay. So Drewster, there's not a lot going on in Vikings world right now. We're we are, we are smack dab in the middle of the dead period. We got training camp starting in about a month. The last organized team activities and practices have, have taken place. So, so barring somebody getting arrested for a DUI, there isn't going to be much news between now and then. If you look around social media on Facebook and on Twitter, a lot of people kind of seem to think this is kind of a do or die year for the Minnesota Vikings. Kind of getting that same sense, Ted. Whether you're a Mike Zimmer defender or... Um, not a fan of Mike Zimmer. Al- almost everybody in, in Vikings world, all the fans are saying there's no more excuses in 2021. The, the Vikings have done everything they need to do in the offseason to field a very competitive team this year. Do you agree with that? I agree with that. That's why I made this cool no excuses sign. You ready to see it? Let's see it. Whoa. Pretty bright, pretty powerful, because that's how I feel right now. Bright and powerful. I don't think there is any more excuses. I, I haven't thought of any excuses since the end of, since we lost that Niners playoff game. I'm kind of, I'm not an excuse guy. You know, there's everybody, all the teams have setbacks and, you know, everybody faces the same thing. So when you look at this team though, I mean, you don't want to do the on paper. We're going to say those words. I know it's horrible, but Mike Zimmer has a really good roster. So, so back like one of our earlier episodes, like right at the end of the season, we were, talking about the Vikings offseason, and, and and we weren't very encouraged because they, they didn't have a lot of cap space. Uh, the roster wasn't very good, and, and they had a lot of holes they needed to fill, especially on defense because the defense was so bad. So let's look and see what they did. Real quick on offense, though, they lost Kyle Rudolph, but they had a top-10 offense last year, 11th in scoring, 4th in yards, I believe, and that's everybody but Rudy's coming back. And I think you can make an argument that Irv Smith is a uh, – better pure pass catcher than than Kyle Rudolph in the draft they added Christian Derrissaw and Wyatt Davis and ostensibly fixed the offensive line but on defense they added Sheldon Richardson Michael Pierce is coming back who didn't play last year from COVID Patrick Peterson Mac Alexander has returned Bashad Breeland they signed in free agency linebacker Nick Vigil who will who will provide a pretty good depth safety Xavier Woods and then Eric Kendricks uh, and Anthony Barr coming back from injury. And the one thing that we thought was really hanging over this this defense was Daniil Hunter's status. They got that solved. He's back in camp. He's happy. So I am impressed with what the Vikings have done, and I, I didn't think they could do this much business in one offseason. Ted's impressed? I am. I really you know, am. It's yeah. funny that every year we get we getting like run through the grinder being Viking fans. We're like, you know what I'm saying? Us older guys are like really pessimistic about here we go with another season or whatever. Mind your own business, will you? 
Mind your own business, will you? Mind your own business. Why don't you tie your shoelace? You'll oh, fall on your up. stupid head. I am more excited about this offseason leading up to this season than I was probably in the past 10 so years. I feel the same way, and I, I think I might want to amend my uh, win total that we figured out after the draft. Yeah, back in what it was episode 19, I believe uh, you, me and Tunes went through the, the Viking schedule right after it got released. And we came up with uh, a couple of not very optimistic season predictions. You and I did. Mm-hmm. What what did we have? I think seven we and were, ten. We were both seven and ten. And Tunes, I believe, was nine and eight, seven and ten. We're just sour ass old men, bruh. Well, here's the thing. You know, if, if we could <laughs> if we could frame this a little bit, I think we were kind of justified. Frame it up. Right after the draft, we were pretty fired up about about Derisaw and Davis. But really, the only big move the Vikings had made in free agency at the time mm-hmm. was Patrick Peterson. Daniil Hunter, at, at the time, very much seemed like he was going to be holding out. Right. Uh, they had not signed Bashad Breeland. They had not sh- signed Sheldon Richardson. And, and it just felt like there was not enough pieces on defense for this team to be competitive. At least... At a, at a very elite, go to the playoffs, make a deep run, maybe even go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But you think that has changed? I oh, am gonna. Oh, and Jeff Gladney had just gotten arrested, and and they had traded Mike Hughes. So <laughs> oh, they yeah. had they had Patrick Peterson, Cameron Dantzler, and a whole lot of question marks after those two guys. Now that you mentioned it all, you laid it all out there very nicely. I might add, Ted. Um, now that you said all that, I can understand why it went seven and ten. And it was a it was a different team, you know. No, Breland's going to be a lot bigger than what people think. He's going to be a huge addition. Uh, I am going to retract my seven and ten. Is that legal, or do I have to stick to it? No, you can retract it. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump up there and uh, go with what Toons has had at nine and eight. I think I think everything you just mentioned with with the additions of everything you just mentioned, I think it's worth two more wins. So I'm going to go to nine and eight. So I'm now nine and eight. Toons is nine and eight. You're seven ten. Unless you want to switch. I'm going to say this is this should be a 10 or 11 win football team. And, and let me tell you why. Oh, did I give you heartburn? No, <laughs> I just, you didn't say it's going to be an easy win. Just don't say that. No, don't ever say that. But here's the thing. When you look at the Vikings offense, top 10 offense coming back. I'm not saying you're crazy, Glover. I'm not saying it. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. The defense was 29. I, I see people saying this is going to be a, a top five defense, and I, I think it's it's next to impossible to go from 29th to fifth. That would be a year. hell of a jump. I do think there's a lot of new faces, just like there was last year, but all those faces are either guys that have played with the Vikings before, like Mac Alexander or Steven Weatherly, who returned, or are, are veterans like Breland, Patrick Peterson, uh, Xavier Woods. And, and Nick Vigil, who's who's coming in after five or six years in the league as well. So Candlelight, Ted. Candlelight. Candlelight, yeah. Candlelight Vigil. So you take those guys, and is it going to take time for them to gel and, and learn Zimmer's defense? To an extent, yes, it will. But these guys have played in the NFL more than more than a day. They're not they're not coming in off a of college campus. I don't think that time it takes to get together to gel as a unit will be nearly as long or painful as it would have been, say, last year. Sure. So I think this defense can easily be 13-ish, 14-ish, 15-ish. And if you match that with assuming this this top 10 offense returns, because they should be, it's not unreasonable to say this team is capable of winning 10 or 11 games. They're capable of winning the NFC. They are. And I didn't fall down and hit my head this morning. Okay. Oh, oh, man. Man. Oh, man. 
<laughs> you know, their offense is going to be really, really good. There's no reason that, barring any injuries, I mean, they got to have Cousins in there because, you know, he knows the offense and, of course, the two wideouts. Everybody's staying healthy. I'm not worried about the Vikings offense. But, yeah, if they put up a mid-range defense, why not be competitive to win the NFC? So let me ask you this then. We think the Vikings are set up to have a good year. And we've kind of given us either 9, 10, 11 wins. Two inches, are you changing your record from 9 and 8? Definitely. I'm going to go all the way up to 12 and 5. Wait, hold on. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. Wait. Stop the stop the madness. Stop it. What did you just say? 12 and 5, baby. Yes, lock it up. Championship. Are you understanding the words that are coming out of my mouth? That is a hell of a tasty tidbit. You know what? That's a tasty tidbit, Ted, wrapped in a quesadilla roll of a spicy hot take all together. Yeah, yeah that is. That's that's an appetizer you're not going to get anywhere else. <laughs> forget Applebee's. Forget TGI Fridays. You get your spicy hot takes and appetizers right here on Vikings Report. Yes, Vikings Report. Hot take, spicy stuff, and Catherine Bach. So we think the Vikings are going to have a good year. What? We've given our win totals. What? constitutes a good year for the Minnesota Vikings then uh, and assuming that's good enough to get to the playoffs. It's never a good year. If you don't make the postseason. it's all about that tourney. That's okay. what that's, that's what it's all about. Like Dennis Green used to talk about that triangle, win the division, win the conference. And I don't have another arm, so I can't make the bottom <laughs> of the triangle. The triangle of success has three different components attached to it. <laughs> Can I borrow an arm? But that then win the Super Bowl, the triangle of success. Yeah. And I think you got to take it. If you take it like anything less than even getting to the tournament, it's a failure. The biggest change for me is the inexperience on the defense in 2020 really reamed us one. That was it did inexperience at corner. Look at the experience at corner. The Vikings have brought Alexander Peterson Breland. They're way more experienced now than they were last year. That's covered. Pass rush should be covered. This team really has no excuses. If they don't, if they go nine and eight, like you know, I predicted, I think that's a failure, don't you? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I would even go so far as to say just getting to the playoffs is is, is not good enough anymore. I mean, if, if they had a team they field at the beginning of week one last year, the playoffs would have been an achievement but this year with the talent they have on defense and the experience they have on de defense and the and the depth they have that uh they did not have last year and i hope it doesn't happen don't get me wrong but i think they can afford to absorb a couple of key injuries like if eric kendricks gets hurt or anthony barr gets hurt you know you you, you got a guy like candlelight vigil that can come in as opposed to not candlelight visual. I, you know, I just it just seems getting to the playoffs, and I, I think this is kind of the, the general sense for most Vikings fans now, that just getting to the playoffs isn't good enough now. They have to do more than get to the playoffs. It, it's not good enough. And let, let's keep something in mind. It, even about winning the division, the Vikings should win the division. Basing it all on whether Aaron Rodgers plays or not, that's that's just chicken bleep. See, I said bleep right there. Good for you. They, they should be winning this division regardless of whether Aaron Rodgers is quarterback in that team for Wisconsin or he's not. That's a cop-out, and it's an excuse. They got they have coaching staff's been here long enough. Quarterback's been here long enough. He makes a jillion trillion dollars. You got you got superstars, at least in every position, sprinkled throughout the team. Cook, Thielen, Hunter, Kendricks, Harrison Smith. Come on! 
Let's focus in right here on my face right here when I say this. The key is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here's a team. You got to be good enough. You got to model your team after beating them. You got to figure you're going on the road to beat them. Can you beat Tampa Bay? If they beat Tampa Bay, they can beat anybody. Tampa Bay is returning all 22 starters to their team. I haven't heard of that in modern day football in modern day football time. <laughs> I, I I don't. It's 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 crazy that they're returning all 22. You know what they're bringing. You yeah. know what they're, and they're not. They're talking about going undefeated. They're not talking about getting to the playoffs for a success. That's a difference to the culture over there. Isn't it amazing? We are we are looking enviously at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers culture. They have two Super Bowls and we have none. And they are historically a bad franchise, and they got two more Super Bowls in the Minnesota Vikings. Sorry, I went off on a little bit of a diatribe right there. Is that what that is, a diatribe? Or is that yeah, a it, was, it was fantastic. Was that diatribe or is that soliloquy? What's the difference? No, that's a diatribe. Soliloquy is kind of a, an enchanting story. I don't know. Or that the Everlasting had not fixed his cannon against self-slaughter. Oh, God. God. <laughs> so your John Matuzak story, not a soliloquy. That wasn't a soliloquy. Okay, <laughs> that's a funny story. Okay, yeah. So, Ugh. but yeah, no, you're you're 100 right. I couldn't agree more. I would think getting to the NFC Championship is the the threshold required for Mike Zimmer to return. Let me ask you something. If you're Ziggy, is Ziggy Wolf? Would he be crazy to be sitting behind his desk looking at Zimmer saying, "You have to get me to the Super Bowl, or you're out." I could see the Super Bowl if I'm Wolf, and you get to the NFC Championship. I don't think you can fire a guy for getting you to the NFC Championship. That's you're one of the Final Four. That's that's a that's a heck of an accomplishment. It's it's hard to do. Okay, that's understandable. You, I mean, not only do you have to have roster talent, you do, but but there's luck that comes into into play. There's there's injuries. You know, how many injuries did you have to suffer, and and how well do you do you navigate this this new 17 game season? I'll go with that. I'll go with I'll go with the Final Four instead of the Super Bowl. I'll buy into that. Okay, but you go in as a wild card and, and beat New Orleans on the road and then get thumped in the divisional round, that ain't going to cut it for me. No, I, not. And it feels like that's what the culture of the Vikings is right now. The, the slip-by games, winning and beating Jacksonville at the last second. And, you know, you got to stop with that nonsense. Yeah. They certainly have the players to pull it off. A lot of attitude. Let's hope for some attitude starting at training camp next month. I hope so. It'll be interesting to see what happens in training camp with a lot of new faces. And, and you know, if you got a shorter truncated preseason now that we're only having three preseason games. So the coaches are really going to have to coach and evaluate the talent they have because they're not going to get as much real game film to evaluate guys for those down roster slots. This is a vitally important. I, this is this is Mike Zimmer's make or break year. If he doesn't yeah. do it, if he doesn't do it this year, you know, and you could say he's had kind of legitimate excuses a couple years. 2014 was his first year. Uh, 2016, you know, Teddy Bridgewater blew his knee out less than a week before the season. 2018, I don't think he had any excuses. He had none in 2018, and that team just stunk it up. 2019, 2020, whatever. There, you could just go a litany of excuses. There are no excuses. I don't care. I don't care what happens. You go to the playoffs. You go deep in the playoffs, or it's time for wholesale organizational changes. If I was Ziggy Wilf, that is what I would tell Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer going with the arm slap on that and they still have the fifth toughest schedule i understand that but they're look at the players on that offense and they, hopefully they fix that offensive line the vikings got to be good for 30 points a game right they should be and i don't i don't want to hear excuses about 
tough schedule this and tough schedule that. If Kirk Cousins is a franchise quarterback like his supporters say he is, I think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. If he's a franchise quarterback, he beats those good teams. Right. You have you have the offensive talent now, ostensibly, to beat those good teams. And and what a schedule look, looks like in July doesn't necessarily pan out come October or November. But it, it doesn't matter. Like you said, they should beat Green Bay, period. No, how close can the Vikings get back to – about three or four years ago, we have, in the football group, we're in the Gallahorn. Uh, the great Darren Cabell, who's in that group, <clears throat> Soup came up with the uh, idea of 17 points allowed per game. We'll call it the Mendoza line after Mario Mendoza, who has nothing to do with football, but it just it stuck. So we call the Mendoza line for the defense 17 points allowed. Can the Vikings get back to 17 points allowed? Because they carried that for a few years. They were right around 15 to 18 points allowed a game, and it just went all to hell last year. Can they get back to 17 points allowed, the Mendoza line? Can they reach that again, Ted? I believe they can. When you look at when you look at that defensive line, especially, you know, with with Michael Pierce uh, and late addition of Sheldon Richardson and Daniel Hunter coming back, when you look at Anthony Barr and and Eric Hendricks coming back, when you look at the 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 talent and depth they put in the secondary so they can rotate a bunch of guys in now, there's no reason that they can't. And and if and if they don't, barring a ton of injuries, if they don't perform at a high level, I am I'm blaming this one hundred percent on the coaching staff. Because these aren't inexperienced guys. You're dealing with guys that have been pro bowlers that have played at the that the highest level this game can offer. Right. And if and if they can't if they can't come together, that is a coaching issue. Let's even bump it up to 20. Let's bump the Mendoza up from 17 points allowed per game to 20. 20 points. The way the way the Vikings offense is wired, they should if 20 if they allow 20 points a game, that should translate into about 12 wins. I mean, come I would on. Think so. Yeah. Because they got to score between 30 and 35 a game with this offense. You have to. There's no mm, – I almost said it again. No excuse. <laughs> there, there's no reason why the Vikings offense, if the defense can, help, can, can hold opponents to 17 points or less or even 20 points, there's no reason why the, why the offense can't score 24 points a game. That's three touchdown drives and a field goal. Yeah, exactly. And it had to be demoralizing last year when the last five weeks they were giving up like 35 a game. So even when the offense was taking the lead at the end, they were giving it back. So, I mean, it was, you know, 2020 used to be just wrapped up inside a giant cornhole and thrown away. Uh, that yeah. makes no sense, but you know what I mean? <laughs> just so, throw it away. Move on. So you agree deep playoff run for the Vikings this year? It has to be. I'm going to go, you know, I called Super Bowl at the beginning, and then you talked me into, well, he keeps his job for his championship. It's got to be the NFC title game, or I have, there's no other scenario. Toons, is you on board with NFC Championship or bust? 100%, yes. All right. right. Here's the problem, Vikings Report crew, because that's what you are to me. You're not only crew, you're friendships of mine. Here's the problem. You get a couple injuries, Ted. Barr goes down. Then Harrison Smith gets dinged up. Then Darasaw's out for a month. And then Cook gets hurt. Yada da 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 da. And that's what Zimmer takes in the office at the end of the year to say, I didn't get a fair shot. That's what he does. That's what Spielman does. That's what they do. And you can't go through a whole season without any injuries. So the excuses get built up along the way. Well, next year will be better. And next year, if they get some injuries, does that buy him more time, even if he doesn't make the playoffs? It seems to happen in Minnesota. That seems to buy you time in Minnesota. You talk about COVID, injuries. It does, dude. 
You I know that. I, I'm not laughing because I think you're wrong. I'm laughing because it's just the litany of excuses, especially from 2018 on. Well, our offensive coordinator was bad. Well, who hired the offensive coordinator? Well, our roster, our roster, I've got bad players. Well, who, who signed so, all the bad players? So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if there would be a change in Ziggy Wilf, it would be because of the roster the Vikings have assembled. Last year's roster was terrible. It was kind of the buildup and, and result of two or three years of poor roster management. In, in one offseason, I thought, and I thought it was going to take that long to get back to where they were at the end of 2017. They're, they're back there, in my opinion. When you look at not only the starters, but they, have, they now have depth, and they didn't have depth from 18, 19, and 20. They, they couldn't really afford an injury. Now, I, I think they can afford to absorb a couple injuries in key spots, whether it be on the defensive line, Maybe even the offensive line now, if Dalvin Cook goes down for an extended period, I think Alexander Madison's a good back. There's a lot of talent, three and four deep, that they didn't have the last two or three years. That's fine, but tell me that up front. Tell me that up front. We have the depth. We have That makes for the excuse at the end that covers it, so you can't use that stuff. That's exactly what he should be saying now. I have the depth, so I can't use that as an excuse. I have this. The Vikings have done a tremendous job assembling and changing over this roster for a bunch of guys who had no money. The Vikings, look what they did. They did this basically broke. Yeah. So I'm the first guy to raise my hand. Spielman, Zimmer, Brzezinski, they sat down. They got it done with that. The preparation of this roster and this team is tremendous and fantastic. And, and, I, and I'll, give you, I'll give you even one more thing that, that gives the Vikings no excuses. The, the latest figure I saw, and I could be off by a million or two, but they have about 14 or $15 million in available cap space, which amazes me. Yeah, so that's, they, that's incredible, dude. Yeah, yeah, so they have enough money. Should they get a fairly significant injury, I believe they have enough money now to go either wade back into free agency and get a guy that can be a short-term stopgap player or – or they still have money to go spend when they when they look at the roster after OTAs and say, look, we still need help at this position. I would argue wide receiver. I think they should go get a guy like Dede Westbrook uh, or, or whatever other position they think they need help at. They have enough money to do that and, and absorb potential uh, injuries that we know are going to happen. So the Vikings have not only set themselves up with a good roster, but they have enough cushion in the salary cap to make a couple more moves should – the players they think can play end up don't because that happens. I, I get it. Let, that happens to everybody in every team. Sure. There could be a guy they, they swing and miss on, but they can say, look, we can go get this veteran and plug this guy in and let's go. And they, right. they have that ability. Now they didn't have that last year, the last couple of years either with the salary cap. So no, that's a very, very good point. You're bringing it tonight, Ted. You I'm, are bringing it, bro. I'm just, you know, we, we've talked about this offline, man. I, I mean, I'm, I'm 53 year 50. Six? I don't know. Some fifties. I don't know. What tunes is how old am I? I don't know. <laughs> Not mentally. Dude, we're in our fifties, man. I mean, okay. we, yeah, yeah. I, we've been Vikings fans since the, the early to mid seventies. I mean, I, I don't want your excuses. I want you to win and I want you to win a Super Bowl. My dad, God rest his soul was, was 86. And he, he saw the Vikings from 1961, their first season until, the end of 2016, and, and he never saw it. I, I, I just want one. That's all I, I know. Want. I know you'd love one more game with Don Glover, but I would love oh. to have had watched one game with Don Glover. <laughs> Here's a hoot. It's a new year, brother. It is a new year. 
It's a new year. We're talking about Dukes of Hazard. We talked about the great David Dixon. David Dixon, man. Put David Dixon in there now. He'll mash people. He will show Wyatt Davis how to control and maul people. Right now. I want yeah. Wyatt Davis mauling people. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, all right. right. I love doing this show, man. I get all fired up. Oh, this just in. Philip Rivers just got done opening up his Father's Day presents from his kids. <laughs> I, th- I thought you might want to know. Took a while. Took a while, wow. but that's that's news that's been had. All right. So we are we are now continuing on with uh, a segment we started last week, and we're profiling every draft pick the Vikings took in the 2021 draft. We're going from seventh round, or in this case, sixth round. The Vikings didn't have a seventh round. Last week we did Jalen Twyman. This week, fifth round pick. <laughs> <laughs> Tight end Zach Davidson from uh, Central Missouri. Round five, pick 168 from the great Central Missouri Mules, Ted. The just, Mules! Just down the road from Nob Noster, Missouri. <laughs> That's an actual town. What is Nob it Noster. Nob Noster. There's, there's a big air for the, the B2s are stationed at, uh, at a base called Whiteman, which is just gonna, outside of Nob Noster, I'm Missouri. I'll tell you right now. I want to go to Knob Master, Missouri and go to the local watering hole. That <laughs> no. doing this. They're, they're probably doing that, uh, you know, playing my Sharona still, doing that thing where you grab the person <laughs> in front of his hips or whatever. Yeah, the great Zach Davidson. We can't start. We got to start any Zach Davidson talk with the catch, don't we? Let's go. Oh my God, that was, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Where do we go from here? Let's just call it. We'll just call it a show. Good night, everybody. Tootsies, I need a minute to gather myself. Oh, that was beautiful. That well, was beautiful. While you're collecting yourself. Oh, that was beautiful. I, I need to ask you a question, Drew Bunning. Yeah. What is more iconic? The Met Stadium miracle, Kramer to Rashad. The Minneapolis miracle, Keenum to Diggs. Or... The Egan. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Egan catch. The, the, the Egan grab of ages, I don't know, that Zach Davidson made in the Canton Bulldogs helmet. Oh. Get him a bus for Canton right now. I would make Irv Smith second string after that. I'd, Wish I'd you really. Starter, Zach Davidson, starter. Let's go. On that starter. This guy was something else, though. He really opened up eyes. Even though he didn't play in 2020, the whole team opted out because of COVID. One just Zach Davidson. The whole team didn't play. So the last year he played was 2019, and we'll get to his numbers in a second. But damn, dude. Man, he's a tight end and a punter. When he was in high school, the offense was so limited that he played, I think, Webb City. I think Webb City, uh, Missouri, where the old Jerry Kill used to coach there in high school. Really? The old Gophers coach, but yeah. probably we'll probably edit that out. Their offense was so limited, he never got on the field. He needed to do something else, so he started punting. And when he got to Central Missouri, he had a 44.8-yard average. Matter of fact, last, last year, or the last year he played, 2019, he still had a 40.6-net-yard average with 19 punts inside the 20. Both those numbers are better than Colquitt. Now, I haven't heard Davidson being 
looked at as a punter. I, no, I mean, he's not right now. It's just, a, it's just, he said he's going to continue on doing it. Uh, probably to, if we can get, you know, why not be doubly good at something like Danny White used to kick for the Cowboys. He used to yep. punt, play quarterback and punt, but I don't think punting has anything to do with the level of competition that you're playing at. I know corners against wideouts and in the trenches, and I know competition level has a lot to do with your ranking or how you're going to prospectively look at a, a player. Does, does it matter who's out there when you're punting? It doesn't really, does it? I don't think so. No, your average, it doesn't tell the competition level doesn't matter when you're kicking, but I heard he's going to keep it in his back pocket, but his uh, main prowess will be for tight end. Pretty talented guy from what I've seen on film. You know, while you're looking at your notes, I, I was watching some highlights of him from his days as a mule and and, uh, <laughs> and and not for the cartel, which he allegedly never did. He, he seemed a lot more big guy, but a lot more athletic for a guy his size than than one would normally anticipate, well, especially for a Division two school. He's 6'6", 245 pounds, and he still ran a 4.64 at the Missouri Pro Day. And wow. I'm kind of surprised the Mules had a Pro Day, but that's just me. Only three Division II players got drafted in the 2021 draft, Ted, and he was the first one taken. In the fifth round. Wow. Good for him. Let, let's look at his numbers. 2019, like I said, he didn't play last year because of the COVID. 13 games, 40 catches, 894 yards, and 15 touchdowns. Dude, 22-yard catch average. Now, I know That's it's insane. Division Two. That's 22. I mean, you know, you talk about competition. That's still an impressive number. I mean, it really is. Oh, it's it's amazing. 300-yard games. You have the 22 yards a catch. From what I've seen, the only thing I see about Zach is he doesn't seem to have that extra gear like running seam routes. He doesn't seem to have that second gear to separate and maybe catch the long you know, Kelsey type, but that's Irv Smith. You got that with Irv Smith. So if you can have right. a change of pace guy and let, let's go ahead and look at the roster tab, because I think Zach Davidson came into the Vikings organization at the right time. Yeah. He doesn't have to beat out a lot of guys. So, so yeah, let's, let's, let's look at this. So right now uh, the Vikings roster, they've got five tight ends heading into camp, Tyler Conklin, Zach Davidson, Brandon Dillon, Irv Smith, Jr. And Shane Zilstra. Of of those five guys, and the Vikings usually carry. I think they had they had carried three tight ends last year. Right. You got to think Irv Smith is an absolute stone cold lock. You got to figure Tyler Conklin is is probably fairly lock, safe. Lock. Probably probably safe. So you've got you've got Davidson going up against Brandon Dillon uh, and Shane Zilstra, who is a converted wide receiver, I believe, mm-hmm. um, and of the famous Flying Zilstra trapeze family. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I remember it was another Zilstra the Vikings had, and everybody lost their mind. Oh, he's going to be super, and he's going to be awesome, and he didn't make it out of training camp oh, last year. <clears throat> some of my coffee out. <laughs> no, that's it's, what I'm saying. Look who he's got to beat out. Yeah. Brandon, what's his name? Brandon Dillon? Brandon Dillon. The Barbarian uh, from Marion, Brandon Dillon? <laughs> that's his name. Yeah, yeah. that's him. He, he's got one year of experience. Uh, Shane Zilstra, who is an uh, undrafted rookie. And then Davidson, who was a fifth-round guy. Doors wide open, Ted. Yeah, I, I think he's got a real legitimate chance. And and the Vikings, when you look at those fourth- and fifth-round guys, especially at tight end, when you think back to guys like David Morgan, uh, Michael Pruitt, and some other guys who were taken in those mid-to-later rounds, they almost always seem to make the roster. The Vikings seem to like their, their draft picks over the rest of the players in that position group, assuming – all things are, are everything else is equal between undrafted free agents, rookies and, and free agents. They, they might've, they brought, might've brought in to compete. I think their thought process is the Minnesota Vikings. 
if you go back to when Rudy was at Notre Dame, the Vikings either they want to take a, a tight end either really high. Irv Smith was also a high draft pick. Yep. Or they want to take a developmental flyer on a guy. There's no ever in between. There's no in between guys that are ranked like on my board in the middle or anything. They always take a really late guy or a you know guy that's pretty much a no misser like Rudy was. Yeah, Rudy and Irv were second round guys, and all the other guys. I don't you know they haven't taken a tight end in the third or fourth round in forever. I believe it's it's all been fifth round or later. He's got a good shot, and with that one handed catch, he's already way ahead of him. I, I called Canton to see what how far along they are in making his bust, and and they they're just fin- finishing the nose up. So he's pretty good. He's ready to go. Go mules. Speaking of mules, I wonder I wonder if their like mascot was was the mule Gus from the old Disney movie. Oyish. Oyish. The field goal kicker. <laughs> yeah. Last week we said Jalen Twyman. You you said Jalen Twyman's going to be the the sleeper of this draft, uh, and we're both predicting Zach Davidson to make the roster. That's that's two out of two. Yeah, I don't feel as good about that as the Twyman, but I'm going to say yes. So the first two we've covered, and how many do they have? Eleven total. I think so. Yeah. So the first two we covered, we're calling the the two last picks they had as being roster guys. That's going out on a big limb. That's a that's a spicy hot take right there. It is. All right. So that is uh, the last. Segment for this week. So next week, uh, Amir Smith Marset or Amir Marmot, whatever Marmalot, whatever Marmaduke, whatever the guy's name is, we'll cover him. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. Got a couple commercials. Got a couple commercials coming your way, and then we'll hit up trivia. NFL.com Fantasy Rule 17. Know how to pronounce your draft picks. You mean TJ Hushmanzada from the Bengals. Put him on the board. Hausha Mazzoli. Got it. Championship. Fantasy Rule 1. Play at NFL.com. All right. Welcome to Tunes' Trivia. How are you guys doing? Good, Tunes. How are you? Good, Drew. How are you doing? Hello, Tootsie. How are you tonight? Great. Today, we are going to play the $1,100 million trillion dollar pyramid. You guys are going to be... Yep. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Just shut up, Drew. Just shut up. Okay. Sorry, Tootsie. Okay. You guys... <laughs> every, every time, dude. Every week without fail. <laughs> and he doesn't even know it either. <laughs> I, I find, Drew, I find when I'm in a hole, I try and quit digging. Yet here you are renting a backhoe. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Okay, so you guys are going to be playing as a team. 
There's six rounds, there's seven words each round. The total possible points is 42, and as a team, you guys are going to try and get 30 points total. All right, Drew, you're gonna be giving the clues first. The first category is called By the Numbers. You have seven numbers of Viking players, and go ahead and try to get Ted to name all seven within 30 seconds. Ready, set, go. Xavier Rhodes. 29. Uh, one number higher than Warren Moon. Two. Teddy Brown. 23. Um, let's skip the next one. I'll go back to it. Tommy Hannon. 45? Yes. Ben Lieber. 51. Okay. Um, Kirk Laudermilk. 63. Okay. And the last one is, uh, God, Ellen Rice. Time's up. Thir- ah, 30? Oh, was no. it 30? 36. 36. Yeah, that was Rice's number. You did good, dude. You got all of them except one. <laughs> I skipped over it to make sure we could get those other three. I knew you were going to get louder milk because of Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> Ted's got the next one. This one is called Coaching Tree. Drew, Ted is going to try to get you to name seven coaches that are on the Bud Grant Coaching Tree. Ready, set, go. Defensive line coach, born in Ann Arbor, played at Michigan, uh, was head coach for the St. Louis Cardinals in 71 and 72. Last name matches a uh, Vikings defensive tackle in the 70s named Randy. White. Pass. Uh, Brandy. No. Uh, offensive coordinator and head offensive coordinator and a grant head coach in 87. Jerry Burns. Uh, he was the expansion coach for the Cardinal or for the Seattle Seahawks. His son Ken was a professional wrestler. Jack Patera. Uh, his name is the exact same name as the guy that first landed on the moon. Neil Armstrong. Time's up. Uh, Blew it on that first one. I took too long. Who was that? It was Bob Holloway. You got three. Our goal is 30, and I'm calling for the sweep of this next one. You're going to get all these. Okay, Drew, you're next. The next category is called 1998 Vikings. You are going to try to get Ted to say seven phrases or words associated with that year. Ready, set, go. Quarterback. Randall Cunningham. Regular season final record. 15 and one. Owner. Red McCombs. Offensive coordinator. Daryl Bevel. No. I went to the Ravens. Uh, Oh, oh, um, um, Brian Billick. Total points scored that season. 506 pass. Uh, Defensive coordinator. Uh, Pass. Two two letters. Two letters. Same letters. First and last name. Fat guy. Idiot coach. Terrible. uh, And last, Mitch Berger's number. Mitch Berger. uh, Three. One. 17. 17. I thought we were going to. 556. I was going to say 565. Who was the defense coordinator? I'm, I've Foge got Fazio. Foge Fazio. God, I knew that. I'm dope. That's all right. We got the one, two, three, four on that one. All right, Ted, you're next. And same idea, except you will try to get Drew to talk about the 2009 Vikings. Ready? Right. Yep. Set, go. Quarterback. Play for Favre. Uh, offensive coordinator went to coach Se- uh, Seattle and with Detroit. Uh, Musgrave. No. Uh, pass. Defensive coordinator went on. Bevel. Become- Bevel. Okay, good. Uh, he was defensive coordinator and became head coach in 
2010 and 11 and 12. <laughs> what was the record? What was the record in 2009? Wesley Frazier. There you go. What was the record? Uh, 15 and 1. No. 13 uh, and 3. You suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> he was rookie of the year award number 12. Percy Harmon. Uh, the, the game that they lost the NFC Championship was called what because of the uh, the hits they put on Favre? Bounty Gate. And then who was the head coach? Brad Childress. All right. The record was 15 and 1, wasn't it? No. No. You guys are way over time. Oh, okay. 14 and 2. 12 and 4. You got, within the amount of time, you got Brett Favre, Bevel, and Frazier. I'm not very good at this. Alrighty. Look at Ted's face right now. Can I get a different partner? <laughs> oh, I, I, I thought we got all the other ones except the record. Alright, Drew. The next category is called Criminal Activity. You will try to get Ted to say the names of these Vikings who were either arrested or engaged in some sort of criminal activity. Wow, okay. 60 right. seconds starts hey. now. Go. All day. Adrian Peterson. Uh, war number one. Could sling the ball. Warren Moon. Sack Daddy. Everson Griffin. Worst corner in league in Vikings history. Initials. Chris Cook. Think. There we go. Uh, running back, we drafted out of Auburn. Uh, got busted with 143 grams of hippie lettuce. Oh, I pass. I don't know. Now plays for the CFL. The pass. Balboa. Rocky. <laughs> I don't know. Pass. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, what's the safety on the Vikings? Drafted from Florida and then went to the Lions recently. Pass. Sounds like Patricia Hurst. <laughs> I don't know. Rhymes with Patty Hurst. Um, uh, I don't know. Okay, the last one is a linebacker drafted by the Vikings. Drafted by the Lions, but he was here 2017 and 18. War number 56. And if I remember right, he went to Georgia Southern. <sighs> you have a better off chance getting the other one. The safety. Time's up. <sighs> J-Ron Curse. J-Ron Curse. The, the linebacker Daddy was Hurst. Ant. <laughs> the linebacker was Ant, Antoine Williams. All right, we suck. We don't uh, have a I think we got 20 right now. Uh, yeah, I stopped counting. All right. All right. <laughs> no, I got one more, though. I'm going to sweep yeah. this one. If we sweep this one, we win it. All right. I'll give that okay. to you, Drew. You sweep okay. this, you win. 60 seconds. This one is called draft picks. Pat is going to try to get you to name seven Vikings draft picks that are no longer on the team. And go. Kicker cut after one game after three misses in 2018. Daniel Carlson. Uh, Ohio State offensive lineman who uh, got cut last year. Pat Elfline. Uh, first round cornerback from Michigan State is now with the Bengals. Uh, uh, number 25. Uh, what the hell is his name? Pass. Quarterback from Louisville is uh, blew his knee out. Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, wide receiver from Tennessee. Trey uh, Wayne. Just the other guy. Trey Wayne. Yes. Wide receiver from Tennessee. Very good kick returner. Played for the Bears. Cordell Patterson. Uh, tight end just from Notre Dame. He just signed with the Giants. John Carlson. No, and wait, Kyle Rudolph. And he was a quarterback. Uh, had three names. His last name rhymes with Rudy Tootie. John first and David 30. Booty. <laughs> John David Booty. USC. We got it. We did it. High five. That's it. That's it. All right. Uh, you are winners. That? What do you think of that? How do you like me now, Texas? That's awesome, man. 
That was we good. Were good. We that did pretty good. You see how we did that last thing? That's how yeah. I think we were supposed to do all of them. You mean you were supposed to answer correctly? Yes. <laughs> and you know, and next time I'll be more prepared because like last episode, I heard myself. Yeah. Uh, you heard yourself doing what? <laughs> <laughs> I love doing the trivia. It's fun. Uh, All right. Good time. Thanks for playing. See you guys next week. All right. Thanks, Tunes. Thank you, Tunes. All right, my friend. That'll put a bow on this episode. Again, thanks to everybody who listens, who watches. If if you want to know where we are, uh, you can follow the show on Twitter. Uh, our Twitter handle for the show is at Report Ted, R-E-P-O-R-T-T-E-D. My Twitter handle is at Purple Buckeye. And Drew is actually getting on the, the account now. He's He's dabbling into the world of Twitter. Oh, um, that's not going to end. That's not going to end well, is it, Ted? It's not. Uh, cut your losses now, but do do with that information what you will. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. We are Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. Again, thanks so much for the support and and the folks that are watching. Is still really happy with with how things are going. Twenty four episodes in, we are uh, a lot farther along with this this uh, than I thought we would be. Thanks for all the comments. Please keep commenting if you want a player you want us to talk about. If there's a uh, show you want us to look at. Uh, and talk about we will we've got more contests coming up we're going to talk about those in the upcoming episodes and get you ready for the for training camp and the regular season i got nothing else drew take us home fun 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 episode man thank you so much for being the best host in the business thank you tunes for piecing all this together subscribe to our show and leave us some comments below ted and i and tunes we always answer the comments we like to get to know you we like any ideas you might have for the show if you want to do a segment you want to pick a TV show, you want to have a video question or just a regular question, whatever, you're always welcome here at Vikings Report. Ted Glover always has open arms for everybody. I know that for a fact. He's a good guy. Um, thank you so much to Catherine Bach. I didn't think about you once during the show. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Dixon Hazard. And how about one more shout-out for David Dixon tonight? Great player. Just a great yeah. player. Mauler. Ted called it a Mauler. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. We really had a good time. And that's about all we'll do. We'll try to do better the next time, but we probably won't. Say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted.